So the first thing I want to talk about, you obviously found a lot of success on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So I'm incredibly curious what your team, if any team, like what team members you have, because what I've noticed is a lot of TikTok creators, it's not like synergistic with what a YouTuber would have, which is like an editor and a production person and a creative person. Mm -hmm. So what early on, like what was your TikTok strategy? Was it just you and you were coming up with everything? So yeah, so it was just me initially. And I had a friend at the time who like kind of understood TikTok, wasn't in the TikTok world whatsoever, but he had that kind of creative mind and understood my creative mind. So we would work together and just kind of come up with really original content. Um, and especially starting off, I just wanted to kind of stand out from everyone else. And I know that I noticed that me posting original content did really well for me. I would post little skits, relatable things that were about probably 30 seconds, no longer than 40 seconds. And um, that was doing the best for me. I would take trends. And so these were like considered my filler videos. So I would do my original content skits, whatever. And then I would do um, a TikTok trend, but tweak it a little bit. There was a TikTok trend where people would like spit water out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. And so what I did is I took that trend and I spit water out of my mouth, but I had it as a freeze frame. So the water stayed in the air. And so um, what really helped me was honestly just showing that I was different and I wasn't like anyone else because on TikTok, Literally what TikTok is, is just trends. And so everyone's doing the same dances and it's very hard for one person to blow up when they're doing the same dance as everyone else. So I would sprinkle in a dance here, a original skit here, a trend here that I tweaked to be most like me. And um, that's what was really working for me. And, and yeah. Do you, so do you still trend jack on TikTok? Will you go on the platform, see what's popular and then film? Or will you come up with original ideas now because of how much success you've had and then just film those ideas? Still a little bit of both. I, I've found the most success in that is still following the algorithm that TikTok pushes out, which is literally trends. Um, but I feel like my original content might be doing a little bit better because I have such a following now because people followed me for this specific reason. Um, for the longest time I was doing like little episodes and series. So I did, I, I started this little series called the Abdashians where I, it was kind of like keeping up with the Kardashians where I had each character was myself and I just dressed up in a different outfit and I had Snapchat, I had Facebook. Facebook was like the old lady. And so people really liked that because mm -hmm. I, A, I was showing like my personality. I wasn't just using audios, I was showing I was showcasing my voice and who I am as a person. I, I think people really connected with that. Yeah. And so did you always want to be a content creator? Was that the thinking? I always, I, so I loved being behind the camera. I loved, I started editing videos like with when I was 12 years old, just like stupid videos on iMovie with like the worst sound effects and the worst <laughs> effects ever. That's how everyone starts. I know, yeah. I know they do. But that's where, I, that's where I found my love that I love editing. But then I also found out that I like being in front of the camera because I've been acting my entire life. Didn't really land a lot of huge roles, but um, I, I love being in front of the camera and just entertaining. And so um, started acting, stopped acting, and I got older and I was like, I wanna get myself back out there. So I started improv, I started acting classes, and that helped me be more comfortable and authentic in front of the camera. Um, at first I was just really awkward in front of the camera and I was like, this is not, Mm -hmm. gonna get me anywhere but then eventually I got more comfortable and that that led me to really find a passion for being in front of the camera just as much as behind the camera and 
social media was that perfect balance of both. Did you have the awareness to say, hey, I'm maybe a little awkward on camera? Most or definitely. did someone tell you that? No, most definitely. No one, no one told me, but I knew. I knew my potential and I would watch these videos and I was like, I know this isn't as good as I can be because again, we talked about this before we started, I'm really competitive. So I wanna mm -hmm. be just like, I wanna give my best to everything that I do. And so I knew, I was like, okay, how can I get better at this? How I feel myself being really awkward and not myself um, on camera. How can I adapt and keep growing? And so I would just continue, keep going. And nobody really told me that I was awkward. I just, I just knew. Like I know when my videos are cringy, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I have a that's lot of self-awareness. That's a good superpower though. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people will just continue creating the same content and mm -hmm. never be aware that maybe that is an issue. Mm -hmm. And like, why is my average view duration so bad? Maybe it's because I'm awkward in front of the camera. Yeah, totally. Right? So there's a lot of self-awareness to just be able to identify that. Definitely. And I think that's also what I've incorporated into all of my content as well is I have a lot of like, I have like a self-deprecating sense of humor. So I'll be like, well, that was weird. You know, like I'll, mm -hmm. I'll be sure to shine light on that and let the audience know that, yeah, I, I know that that was weird, but that's also me and I'm okay with that. Yeah. So how you said that TikTok is incredibly oversaturated and everyone's doing the same trends. Mm -hmm. If you're a new creator starting out today, I'm guessing your advice would be like start on TikTok because mm -hmm. of the discoverability. Mm -hmm. But how do you stand out now? Like if someone's first starting on TikTok, are they still doing the trends that are popping off every day and those mm -hmm. hashtags? I would say no. I would say no, I think that's what people mistake most often is they try doing the trends, they try doing the same dances that Addison Rae is doing and Charlie. Those two creators are kind of an anomaly and it's very rare for that to happen where you literally just do the trends and you blow up. Um, I think it's very important to um, like get yourself out there and show that you are different because there are so many different people doing the same thing. So, I mean, like, kind of like how I started, I would suggest doing for other people is following the trends because that's what TikTok pushes out most often, but make it your own mm -hmm. so that um, people are, are just kind of like, okay, this one was a little bit different. That sticks in my brain a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, as well as figuring out what you're best at. For me, I was, I later found out I was best at comedy videos. Um, doing relatable stuff and not everyone is doing that. Some people are doing a little bit more informative stuff and so I think to to also look for inspiration through other creators who are doing kind of a similar thing that you want to be doing is extremely important. Yeah, totally agree. So you and I just sat in on Mr. Beast's keynote. So mm -hmm. we're at VidSummit in LA. Was there any takeaways that you had from his uh, from his speech? Because I know he talks about like CTR and mm -hmm. ABD. I get to listen to him every day. Yeah. So it's <laughs> like listening to that speech is like him talking to me and hounding me with this stuff every single day. Was there any like takeaways that you had from that speech? Yeah. So it's so interesting. I I am more of like the creative side. I've never been good at math. So for him to talk about analytics and like the different data and the graphs and stuff, it's like mind boggling to me because I'm like, wait a second, that's a thing on YouTube Studio that I can look at and and have intel for for. Um, bettering my videos in the future. And so um, honestly, like when he was showing his, his view duration and his, his click through rate, like I'm like, I, I need to look a little bit more into that. Um, I think that's something that I'm lacking. I'm looking at more of the creative side, but just like the creative side, you have to even that out with yeah. looking at analytics and seeing what is working and what is not. Cause you could be potentially wasting a lot of your time. Yeah. He's unique because he's incredibly creative mm -hmm. as you can see from his videos. Yep. 
but he also is so analytically sound mm-hmm. and he understands the data and he so takes nice. time to like find things that he thinks are going to make a difference. And so I think for you like, in that situation, it'd be interesting to see like how, you know, because now you know like what his average view durations mm-hmm. are. Like he showed some of his click-through rates, which are insane numbers. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if a lot of creators go back and say, okay, how do my videos compare to someone who's doing totally. 60 million views of video? Because his average view durations are 60 plus percent. Yeah. Right? Have you looked at those? Do you know what your numbers are? I do. I do. Um, Right now, I have a lot shorter videos than Mr. Beast, but um, like my my view duration ranges from like 60 to 65 percent, which I, I, (laughs) after watching Mr. Beast talk about how your video should maybe have like a storyline throughout the entire video Mm -hmm. and and give you that, that payoff at the very end and have that intro that goes with the thumbnail and the title. I'm like, okay, how can I maximize that? How can I make sure that my view duration is even longer and give people a reason to watch throughout the entire video? Um, but yeah, I'm just, I learned I learned a lot and I'm like jotting everything down in my notes. I'm like, okay, I might be doing that wrong. Might be doing that wrong. Let's try this out. Yeah, so he, he talked about something pretty interesting and it was an intro. Mm-hmm. And so I've literally watched this kid try and film an intro for five hours straight. Really? And the intro ends up being like four seconds, but it takes them like five hours to get that four seconds of a video because it's after people click and after they see the title and the thumbnail, it now is the most important part is like, how do you keep them staying Mm -hmm. for the first 10 seconds of that video? Because then they'll watch the rest of that video, usually in his case. And so have you thought about, have you even thought about like, should I script my intros? Or when the camera turns on, are you just like, okay, I have an intro and I know what I'm saying. So I have, I have a really interesting thing. So I, you, I would write like a thousand essays in high school, you know, and in, in English class, they teach you, okay, in your essays, you want to have the attention grabber, which is literally what Mr. B said is like Mm -hmm. the first 30 seconds is the most important. Um, And so I kind of implemented that in my, into my content by having an intro. Mine's a little bit different than Mr. Beast. I don't, I, don't know if this is the right or the wrong idea, but he said, okay, tell the audience what you're gonna be doing in this video so that people know exactly from the get-go. What I've been doing is creating an intro that's different every single time, only lasts about 25, 30 seconds, and it's kind of the same duration as a TikTok, and that was kind of my mindset, is people have shorter attention spans nowadays, so I wanna be able to make it enticing, something different every time, kind of like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen The Office, but in the office, the first intro part Has of it. Has everyone seen the office? I know, right? It's my favorite show ever. <laughs> but um, in the office, this is where I got this from, is every time before they have their little theme song, they have a different intro every single time. Yeah. So I took from that and I now, I'll, sometimes I'll do like a cool little edit where I'm, I'm like, what if my intro never ended? And then it just keeps going on the TV and it just keeps going and going and it's, and it's infinite. Um, sometimes I'll do a pun where I'm like, oh, I, I, oh man, yesterday I dropped my steak and now it's ground beef. Like st- stupid stuff that kind of showcase my personality, showcase my creativity. But now after watching Mr. Beast, I'm wondering and I'm questioning myself, do I continue on these, which my audience seems to love. It, it, my view duration is pretty great um, just for the, at least the first 30 seconds. And all of my comments have to do with, I love her intro. She doesn't say, hey guys, welcome back to my channel. She just yeah. gets right into the video, which I think is extremely important. Um, but now I'm wondering, okay, do I, do I alter my intros now to maybe I keep those puns, maybe I keep that creativity, but now do I turn it into something that relates at least to the title and thumbnail? Yeah. So I'm wondering if, if that's the better route. Yeah. And the, and the ultimate, like the thing that he was trying to get across is like, 
a lot of YouTubers will drag on for 20 seconds mm -hmm. about what this video is, where he'll just be like, this is a circle. Anything you fit in it, I'll pay for. So Onto simple. the video, right? So it's like he identifies the title and what people clicked on within the first like five seconds. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it shows in his average uteration. And now it's like, can you get 15, 20% CTR? Yeah. Right. And that's like his ability to get those numbers now 60, 70, 100 million views in some of the examples. So it's been, it's been incredible to watch like in my three years of, of working with him. Definitely. It's just insane. Did you always, was the, the strategy always let's build a TikTok audience and then let's start building a YouTube audience? Or was it just like, I know I'm eventually gonna do YouTube, but I wanna just start with TikTok first to build a community? So I started on TikTok and TikTok was easier for me to understand what kind of content I wanted to share with the world. YouTube, even still to this day, I'm trying to figure out what my style of content is. Am I a storyteller? Do I wanna have just quick, short bits? Like, what is it that I wanna do? What am I best at? Um, so I'm still trying to figure out YouTube. So TikTok was, I didn't necessarily think of it as, okay, I'm gonna start on TikTok, then transfer over to YouTube. It was more like TikTok came a little bit easier to me. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to grab people's attention, show them my little relatable video where it's like, okay, the worst things happen when you're running late. Um, something relatable, something like three quick things that have happened. I showcase my personality. I showcase my facial expressions and just something that, that the audience can relate to. And um, that's that's just how it, it, it kind of went down is I just, it was easier for me. It came more naturally to me on TikTok. And so still learning about YouTube, still figuring everything out, but having a blast while doing it. I mean, figuring it out, like averaging a million and a half to two million views of video is Past, I think, <laughs> yeah. past, I think, figuring it out. Like yeah. you've seen a lot of success on the platform. Mm -hmm. Is there a reason that you haven't implemented YouTube Shorts yet? I so I'm I'm toying with it right now because right now I'm I'm so focused on like figuring out the perfect YouTube video. I think I'm so stressed out about okay, what is the perfect YouTube video? Do I have these intros? Do I have it have to do with the title and thumbnail? Do I have multiple bits? Do I have just one full video? And right now I'm so focused on that that I want to kind of take one step at a time. I want every video to be kind of the same um, on my channel so that when you click on one of my videos, you're like, okay, like I know what to expect. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I'm kind of just playing around with and seeing how I can conquer this. And then I can, because I, I don't want to do anything half booty. I don't know if I can curse, but half booty. You can swear all you want. <laughs> okay. I don't want to do anything half ass. So, I mean, I want to conquer this and then um, take my talents and efforts over to YouTube yeah. Shorts when I'm ready. And so what does the YouTube team look like right now? Uh, my YouTube team, I just literally two weeks ago, I hired a creative director. Nice. Very big, big move for me. How hard was that person to find? It was an old friend, so it was. That's usually what happens. And it was, yeah, because yeah, otherwise it is really difficult. Mm -hmm. I know my roommate and my best friend is is trying to find a creative director right now, and it is impossible. She's she's posting on close friends. She's asking a bunch of friends. She's on Indeed. She's looking around, and it's honestly, it's just crazy how hardest position it is. to hire right now for a YouTuber is a creative director, and there's just not that many people out there because YouTube is still so new. Mm -hmm. So it's like hiring anyone over 22 years old yeah. to be a creative director is very hard to yeah. find. And even if they are good, chances are Jimmy's hired them already. Yeah. Um, so it's like, Goudreau's like finding someone because mm -hmm. it's a really hard position. I would tell your friend, just to like find someone whose mind is similar to them mm -hmm. and just train them for a year. They can evolve. That's yeah. what I've noticed as well is um, I also hired an assistant and she has, she was my friend since I was five years old. She didn't, she didn't study anything that had to do with social media, but 
because she had a similar brain as me, she's starting to now understand this, this world of social media. And um, it's definitely, you're definitely able to teach people. Like I've taught her how to take just Instagram pictures, getting mm -hmm. those angles and everything can be taught if it's someone with a like-minded um, mind as you and someone who's willing to be open-minded and learn. Yeah, totally agree. So, okay, creative director, mm -hmm. you have a full-time editor? Uh, full-time editor, yeah. Um, I do edit a lot of my videos just because right now, again, I'm still trying to figure out what works for me. And I have a very specific um, thought process on how I want my videos to turn out. I want it to have my personality and editing is a massive part of making my videos entertaining because I'm not doing the most, the craziest things. I'm not, I'm not a Mr. Beast where I'm buying everything you, that you put in the circle, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm doing just kind of like everyday things that my audience can relate to and be like, oh, okay, she's not like a YouTuber. She's, she's my bud, she's my friend. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I've just been um, doing kind of that thing and uh, yeah. How, how long did it take you to give up the editing? Like uh, even, even oh. a little portion of the editing because mm -hmm. this is, I talk to so many YouTubers and they say the exact same thing. Yep. I'm the only person who can edit my videos. And I'm like, that's so false. Like <laughs> people can learn how to edit and learn your style. I like, I've had this conversation with so many people. So it took a long time. At the beginning, I was I was so adamant. I was like, there is no way anyone else is gonna edit my videos. I would rather spend eight hours, which is so dumb, yeah. eight hours editing my video. That, that means I would be filming that, coming up with the ideas, filming it and editing it, which is such an incredible, credi credible waste of time. Um, my manager was even like, yeah, you're gonna have to like pass the torch, Pearson. Like you're not gonna have time for this. And honestly, it's something that you have to, like you're gonna have a lot of responsibilities the more success you get. Um, and so you, you have to learn to, you're not gonna be able to do everything. Yeah. You have to pass that torch, pass off those responsibilities to other people. At first, you are going to have to maybe train them, which is gonna take a little bit more effort from you, but it's gonna be worth it in the end once everyone gets the hang of it and you start getting this ball rolling. And so you have a creative director, a full-time editor, anybody else on the production end? Um, and then I have um, my dad, actually. So okay. he's he's like a genius, like he just knows, so he's so street smart. So right now I'm having him do kind of like, um, just like the big idea stuff, Any like work with any third party people. Um, I'm working on getting a podcast out right now and so I'm, I'm kind of designing this set. So nice. he's kind of like an all around um, Renaissance, Renaissance yeah. man. I've found that a lot of like <laughs> parents work with a lot of YouTubers mm -hmm. that at least we work with, but there's like that level of trust yeah, it's, it's something I've, I've seen a lot, of, and like it's a lot not of parents even, working with creators. Yeah, and it's not even just the money part. It's also just knowing that this person wants you to succeed. Mm -hmm. They would never, they would never like be malicious towards you, be jealous of you. They're, they honestly just want you to succeed because they know in their minds, at least through my experience, that you know your success is their success. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. It's awesome. And so what's the podcast about? Podcast, <laughs> if you we're can, getting there. If you can even say, yeah. So we're thinking about calling it Nobody Asked Podcast because it's me <laughs> and um, Nick Antonian and Adam W, which are mm -hmm. two other creators. And um, we were so random. The fact that we're all being thrown together is just kind of out of left field. And that's why we like the Nobody Asked. Um, we're gonna We're gonna figure it out as we go, I think. And we've been talking about this for a really long time. So we're just excited to to get in the studio and get to talking. And again, we're not very close, but we've all got a similar sense of humor. And when we are together, we just bounce off of each other so well. So we're really excited to get started on this and, and just build some connections and lifelong collaborations and, and mm -hmm. connections. So I'm gonna put you on the spot here. So when uh, when's the first episode gonna be published? 
I have no idea. Really? So, <laughs> no in, okay, idea. can can people at least expect to see it this year? Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Okay, so, so so you heard it here. Her podcast will be available by end of year at latest. By the end of the year, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> it's gonna be entertaining. You're gonna want to watch out for it. We just don't know when. Because <laughs> <laughs> the set's still being built, so we'll yes, get there. Okay. Yes, so we're getting there. Awesome. How, like, how do you think about collaborations? Like, who you have in your videos? Is mm -hmm. it strategic? It is. Um, I will try to maintain within my uh, my niche, which is the comedy lifestyle um, sort of thing like that. So I'll make sure that I'm. I wouldn't necessarily necessarily collab with someone who's who's uh, maybe a gamer because I've never done a gaming video in my entire mm -hmm. life. Um, I don't necessarily know that his subscribers or my subscribers would translate over because the niches are completely different, you know? Yeah, again, like a lot of people didn't have that thought two years yeah. ago. Yeah, Like the thought was collab with everyone, mm -hmm. take their subscribers, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you had a channel with 15 million subs pulling 100K views a video yep. because nobody clicks on those videos exactly. in sub box. Exactly, um, and I think that's really important to, to know. And you guys have a little like collective group yes. where you guys film videos together. So how does that business work? So we, we actually have a really great dynamic. So there's about, I, I believe, 10 of us, um, seven boys, three girls, and we are constantly in each other's videos, in, in all videos. So what we, what we do is, um, on Mondays, we have something that we call TikTok Mondays. We've got two different groups. In the morning, we have group one who films some stuff, and then group two films some stuff. And then every week, the people change so that you're able to get different people in your, in your content. Um, we'll text each other at least two to three days in advance and be like, hey, are you available Thursday at 4 p.m. for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, it's a car bid. Kind of give them a yep. little a little intel of what it's gonna be, what they can expect, just so it's it's like a respect thing. Is the incentive for everyone to film together just so everyone grows or does everyone have involvement in this company? Like what? Like what's the business dynamic of everyone collabing together? Yeah. So business dynamic is we're not we're not um, like forced to film with each other, but we enjoy it and we like it and it's beneficial. Yeah. So we do it. So like, um, if I notice that people really love me and Lexi Hensler, who's my roommate, they love our dynamic, um, and that's just based off of like seeing my audience and what they like through the comments and stuff like that. I'll continue posting little friendship stuff with her. Like she started a new series called Pissing Off Pearson. I am Pearson and she likes to piss me off and the audience loves that. So, um, and also just having other people to film with just gives you that much more content to film. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, it broadens your horizons to all of the ideas that you could, could have been doing alone, but now it adds just a little bit more. And what I've noticed is people love seeing people communicate. Like I would be, I would be posting, I would post a video by myself, but then I will post a video with my brother and people just love to see us interact. People love interactions because I think it brings out a different side of you than it does when you're by yourself yeah. and just talking to the camera. Totally agree. Is there any, you mentioned the podcast, is there any other projects you're working on that you're excited about? A little bit, but I don't know if I can share. Are they like consumer products? Is I'm, it merchandise? Like just tell us like what yeah. niche it's in. So it's, I'm looking into merch. I've been You've kind never of, had merch? Never had merch. Okay. But, People also hate the word merch. I, I hate so it too. I also will say apparel. We'll say you're looking at apparel. Apparel. There you go. Um, yeah, I've been I've been a big part of the process. I, I'm trying to come up with different, um, you know, graphics, something that really embodies me and um, has to do with my colors and what I'm kind of going for is like a little 70s vibe mm -hmm. because like 
I, I just love everything about the 70s. Like you look at my room and it looks like it's straight out of the 70s. You look at my pants and they're corduroy bell-bottom jeans. So like <laughs> I'm hoping to, I'm trying to start branding myself and in doing that, the apparel will help with that. <laughs> so Okay, so apparel, mm-hmm. podcast. Apparel, podcast. That's about it. Sorry, I'm kind of lame, but. <laughs> I'm going to guess like eventually maybe something in like beauty, skincare, mm-hmm. something in that mm-hmm. category. Yes. Yeah, yes. I just think you guys have like a unique opportunity now to, to figure out like which brand do you build on top of this like massive audience exactly. that we have. Exactly. Right? That's where like be, I think being a creator in this like world in 2021 is really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you can make money off AdSense, sponsorships, yeah. merch. Uh, and now it's like, what can you do outside of that to build like an actual sustainable company that maybe lives on past your content career? Totally. And it's so crazy because had social media not worked out for me, my plan B was to get into marketing and possibly become an entrepreneur and whatever it is that I wanted to sell. And now I can cont- continue doing that, but now I have an audience to kind of back it up to kind yeah. of an audience to sell to. Creators is like the next evolution of what an entrepreneur mm-hmm. is going to be. Mm-hmm. Because you guys, what it's interesting because you have the marketing funnel figured out, which mm-hmm. is the hardest part for an entrepreneur mm-hmm. usually is like finding customers. Mm-hmm. But now you guys have such an unfair advantage because you have those customers already. Now the hard part becomes like, what can I build that my fans will actually like exactly. and continue to buy or support me for? And that becomes the hard question. And then with your hiring situation, it becomes really difficult to find people that share in that vision. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so those are like the two like hiccups I've seen that creators are having is like one, like what product to sell? Because it's pretty easy now to like white label something, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of companies that do that. And then secondly, it's like, who runs the business? Mm -hmm. Like I'm a content creator, like I can help with marketing, but I'm not like the CEO or COO of this business. So I think that's like what'll what'll be really interesting is the creators that figure that out mm-hmm. are gonna have a lot of success. Definitely. So. Definitely. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I know like Thank we you so much. I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what you guys are doing with AMP and, and everything else. And you're in a secret project that we have coming up that I can't talk about because mm-hmm. this podcast will come up before Exciting. that. Um but uh excited that you guys are involved and I'm sure it'll be a crazy day. So I know. that'll I'm come very out excited. in December, I believe Ooh, that video will drop. Mark your so. calendars, people, for all of December. It's coming. All of it. <laughs> all of it. The I, whole I, thing. I don't. I don't have the exact date. Also, I, I shouldn't say December. It might come out in January. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> it'll come out eventually, and make sure you watch it. Her How podcast will be out first, and then we'll drop this other thing. <laughs> Who knows when that'll happen? Yeah. But it'll it'll happen. It'll but yeah, happen. thanks thanks for coming on. Thank you so much so. for having me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>